Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, by my handy, trusty co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. It's a whole new discography per episode, and today we'll be discussing every album by Hammerhead. Hammer who? Exactly. Ah. New to me. New to you. Not new to me. I'm, oh, okay. I've been, I've been a fan since I was a young boy. That's not true. Teenage boy. You you would be. I would. This is my jam. The the noise rock stuff. This is where I thrive and noise and where mm-hmm. I shine. This is some of my favorite music ever in the world. This is like how metal is your comfort food. Your blank like where, where you yeah. your home base. Yes. Noise rock is my home base. Even though I talk. And let's see about punk. Yes. Noise Rock is where my heart is. Uh, and this is one of those bands for me. Um, it's been a while since I've, I've listened to them. And I haven't heard, I didn't even know, I stopped, I moved out of my Hammerhead phase. <laughs> I said that kind of funny. I moved out of my Hammerhead phase uh, before they reunited. Oh, shit. So uh, a lot of this is new to me. Nice. A lot of people don't even have a Hammerhead phase. So uh. That's true. I mean, this is uh, one of like the... Amrap bands, mm-hmm. amphetamine reptile um, records from Minneapolis, run by Mr. Tom Hazelmeyer uh, of Halo of Flies, as well as I don't know his art. What is his Haze Twenty One? Is that his art artist or, name or Haze XL or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Maybe it's XL. I don't. I don't fucking know. But uh, it's a cool band. It's noise rocky, uh, and I, I there's not a whole lot of prefacing. There's not a whole lot of information on this band. They they kind of um. You know, under the radar, it's kind of what we cover here. I do, uh, I do like when I was younger, uh, being born in Minnesota. I was like, nobody, oh, yeah. nobody cool is from Minnesota. Oh, you tons. have, you have like Prince. Yep. And uh, the guy who invented Snoopy, uh, I forget his name, but <laughs> you, got, I, you got an atmosphere, you get slug. I and then yeah, as I got older and uh, into noisy music i was like the replacement replacements check out that episode huh was husker do husker do alex husker do uh, were they they were they're minneapolis i think they are oh, how do we forget oh shit it was a long time ago that was, was. check out that episode as well uh <laughs> but yeah fitting reptile is one of those labels where man and it, then yes and then amrap amrap it, it's it's like they're like up there with touch and go and discord is like the Husker do us for Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> it's at this point, I'm just saying it. Like I know this people, <laughs> as long as you know, that makes it okay. Yes. Uh, it's not, they're not, uh, probably closer to touch and go mm-hmm. than, than discord in like the style of whatever the hell they put out. But, uh, yeah, where they just put out a, like for one brief period, they put out just some of the best noise rock albums fucking ever. They did all the cows, cool, a lot of cool shit, a lot of cool shit. They did all the cow stuff. I mean, uh, Melvin's even put some stuff on, on there. Um, I think they put a prick on. Are the- <laughs> oh, they do like their singles? <laughs> do a lot of the singles, on, yeah. On Amrap, uh, you got um the God Bullies, obviously Halo Flies. Um, this is a whole bunch. It's part I'm, I'm kind of blanking on now, but uh, uh, was <sighs> did Amrap do the dope guns and fucking in the streets? Uh, 45s, or is that someone else? We're gonna find out in just a second. Dope guns and fucking in the streets, that, yeah, they sure did. That's how I did, de- yeah, that's how I discovered them because oh. I, I saw one and there's uh, like a million of them, yeah. And I was like, 
who call, who calls a compilation this? It's great, dude. Tom Hazelmeyer is the man, and there there uh, there's always like some gems on there. If uh, listeners have not checked out any of the dope guns and fucking in the streets That's compilations, cool. yeah. Oh yeah, insane. Uh, Supernova helmet, fucking. Mm-hmm. I, I've, yeah, there's a. You know what? Yeah, they forgot. Yeah, that is really awesome. Um, I still haven't seen. E- oh, even even a janitor Joe. Which janitor Joe. We recently discovered about. Ah, and Boss Hog is another one. Uh, today is a day. Okay, you know what? We're gonna be returning to Amrap. <laughs> I'm sorry to keep making you click on things. Was Braun Daler? In, was he in? Today is the day. Yeah, it was Braun and Bill. I think so. On yeah. one album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our, 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 our boy, Tom Osmond, our history guy told me about that recently, actually. Um, and I was blown away by that. I had no idea. We need to cover t- today's a day. We yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've been a Mastodon geek. I don't want to say since day one, but like once I got into them, I was like, I need to know everything. And that's yep. how I discovered today's the day. Crazy stuff. But uh, I still haven't seen the documentary, the color of noise, which they did on, on Tom. Hazelmeyer. Oh, the, I hope that's on uh, Tubi or whatever we've been watching. Music. Tubi's doc- got it all, dude. They have all the best music documentaries. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to check it out afterward. I wish I could have <laughs> had time before this episode, but um, I will be returning to these bands, so it, it'll be relevant then as well. Maybe even Halo Flies at some point. They have a very short discography. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hammerhead. So you, uh, I had, we'll listen to, for this episode. In my head, I was like, you know what? I'm going to predict that Alex likes this band. And then I started to go back on that. <laughs> toward yeah. The end. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you're kind of right. Cause I'm just, I'm okay with them. Um, they didn't move me in a way like unwound does. Or, uh, yeah. Or even, uh, another obscure band we covered, uh, like Godhead silo. Really? You like you like Godhead Silo more? I would I mean I'm going hammerhead ten times oh, out of ten I, over Godhead Silo. I yeah, I know you are, but yeah. um yeah, nothing nothing well, I should say not too many things were bad, but I didn't outright love too much either. I do love this band. Uh I did I get not loving them. Mm-hmm. It's very much they have a, a, a very distinct personality that that even when they don't sound like themselves you still it still feels like them mm-hmm. which is again if it's a if it's a strong personality you 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 it's it's you like it or you don't um or you're lukewarm it's it's really just like uh even when they're they're bad it's still like if you like the personality it's not going to be bad mm-hmm. uh I, w- I will say i would love to see this band live because my friend um john said jeff uh, Meridian uh, Meridian uh he's like that dude was Cody Willis from like big business Melvin's murder city before Cody Willis so I'm glad you said that because Mr. Jeff Meridian Jr. aka sauce isolation <laughs> DH9 because they all have nicknames in depending on the album that we're talking about I was fucking floored by his drumming and I've, I've never heard these albums or heard mm-hmm. a lot of these albums for years. Never really registered how fucking insane he is. Sometimes a, a crazy drummer like Jeff or Cody there, this isn't like a knock on anything, but there is something lost in the recording. And then when you see it live, you're just like, what a 
fucking beast and a monster and you can kind of retroactively connect the dots yeah and if you and if you if you kind of like isolate the songs and pay more attention to the drums instead mm-hmm. of all the other noisy shit that's happening it is insanely impressive mm-hmm. uh and i found myself just hanging on these songs because of the drums uh or at least like songs maybe that i didn't appreciate as much before and all of a sudden i'm like that the drums are just the star of the star of the show here yeah they are and um so we we uh, we got a little bit of stuff here from our, our our man history history Tom Tom Osmond yes and uh, because he didn't have a whole lot to pull from because there's not it's not exactly the most documented band in the world uh, he he went out of his way and contacted Mr Mark Prindle who we've talked about in the past <clears throat> as a he had an old website with record reviews that basically introduced me to a, a whole world of music uh, very funny guy great writer and really really deep in to the, the, these whole scenes. Mm-hmm. I think he was in the documentary Clare of Noise. Okay. So um, he had like a little email exchange with him and he he's a big Hammerhead fan so he left some some thoughts and I'm going to mention it right now because it's already completely pertinent what he said. Uh, so you're talking about how you want to see them live because of you know the, uh, 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 what your friend told you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Prendel said uh, right here the cows are one of my favorite bands of all time clever noisy weird melodic and funny as hell I can I agree with all that one time in the early 90s I saw Hammerhead blow them off the stage can you imagine how good you have to be Ooh. to blow the cows off the stage sure any old buddy could blow the cows on the stage if you know what I mean okay okay <laughs> then he kind of trails off there and, and, and believe me the cows probably did get blown on stage as well, but <laughs> that's also really insane because if you know if you know the cows, I mean, God damn, they were wild. The mm-hmm. singer uh, Shannon Selberg, um, who I'm a big fan of, uh, especially his his band afterward, Heroin Cheeks. Uh, that dude was just a maniac on stage, and he, he did all the things that all the crazy front men did. Uh, and this three piece comes on and fucking just wrecks it. Yeah, they are so heavy when they when they're like at their their they're full force a deceptively heavy band hammerhead is yes there were a few songs where i was like these are louder than other songs oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah they get loud uh but in addition to to the little blurbs from from prendel we got just one bio from all music and an interview with with paul sanders so a quick rundown of the, of the members here i am i am thankful for uh tom this week to uh Maybe I'm getting a little ahead, but the the wiki says they formed in Minnesota, but that is not the case. And Tom has, has straightened that out. So. He has, but yes. really helped. We, like I again, I couldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, even thought to question the thing like that. But yeah. Then again, people who write the Wikipedia's for lower, not lower. That's a, that's already they're doing their best. They're, they they yeah they're piecing things together. They put like it's just with very little information. It's Wikipedia, man. Like you. You know, we know what it is. And it's not even like an out, uh, overtly like wrong thing. It's just an interesting, oh. Not quite. Not that's, quite. That's good to know. Yeah. An untruth. Uh, so thank Chris. We have Tom. But uh, members, we got Paul Sanders, um, guitar vocals, uh, a.k.a. Stingray, interloper. Uh, Paul Erickson and bass and vocals. I think he's the main vocalist, um, a.k.a. Apollo Liftoff. And then, of course, Jeff Meridian Jr. on drums. Uh, we have... Uh, brief stint with Craig Klaus on guitar in, in 95 uh, or 96, right before they broke up the first time um, or broke up the only time really. Uh, but he is not really around mm-hmm. the, the, the core three or the two poles and Jeff, like these yeah. are the guys and it's mostly unchanged in the entire existence of the band. Uh, but to start it out a little bit, 
they didn't like you like you just said. They didn't they didn't start in Minneapolis. No. They started in the in a fucking a snowy wasteland, Fargo. Yes. And Minnesota it could be a snowy wasteland, but it's not. But uh Fargo Fargo is. Fargo is. There's nothing. <laughs> I mean the whole movie is all they got. The movie yes. and the show is what Fargo got. Uh and actually it's pretty pretty cool. But they formed uh, around 1990 and then uh they moved to Minneapolis a few years later and you know make, got in touch with uh, with Amrap who put out the vast majority of their albums mm-hmm. and every album in their first incarnation anyway um but according to, to Sanders he said uh, when, we, when we started playing in Fargo there was no scene you don't say uh, the music was created uh, the music we created was inspired by movies TV shows art and records what we've done has always been far removed from the mainstream uh, kind of kind of similar to uh, another obscure band we did the smalls but they were really isolated and they stayed that because at least these guys moved to minneapolis where there was mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a hub the smalls is, you could take a few hour car drive to the cities yeah the smalls in the other hand they they're died st- because stuck. they were stuck they, they died because they couldn't find anywhere that were that would feed them essentially uh so it's, and the band is also influenced like this here he said movies and tv shows uh taxi driver is a recurring theme uh, among the band the movie taxi driver um they also uh cite jim thompson and, and james m kane uh and then uh, some some peer groups like Unsane Surgery and Bastro. Sanders also says uh, we grew up listening to all kinds of stuff like The Who, Miles Davis, Who's Gonna Flipper, and Kraftwerk. Uh, we didn't just put on a black frat black frag. Uh, we didn't just put on a black flag record one day and stop there. Flipper, we we will cover Flipper. Yeah, that is a band. That is a fucking band. Who boy. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. You never guess the Kraftwerk influence, but in, in, along the line, somewhere later on, you kind of like, oh yeah, there's some wacky electronic stuff. You kind of yeah, see where it comes from. Kind of peppered in there. Yeah. Toward, yeah. But that's pretty much pretty much it for the for the backstory. So we're, today we're we're covering what fucking eight eight records. I believe it's five albums, three EPs, something like that. Something like it, that. It went by real quick. Yeah, there's a lot of short records here. That's for <laughs> damn sure. But first first album came out in 1992. Last one, 2022, last year. Hey. Totally missed that one, too. Didn't hear it last year. I mean, uh, we'll get into it. Oh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Ah, breaking news. Manscaped is now selling beard products. That's right. They've gone from waist to face to help you replace that bulky razor with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Manscaped helped you get the golden rod of a Greek god. And now they've created the best tools for you to turn heads with a clean, perfectly groomed and conditioned beard. Finally, tame your mane by going to manscaped.com and using our code EAE for 20% off plus free shipping. Now, clearly, I have a big, full, bushy beard, and I promise you nothing has helped me take better care of it than the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. This kit is about to change your life. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit has made it easier than ever to craft your signature look. This kit will take your facial hair anywhere from Gandalf to totally bare. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this waterproof cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. This thing has personally changed the game for me. I don't know how anybody else hasn't come up with something like this. 
Uh, it's probably because they're fucking stupid. It's it's so convenient. It's insanely convenient. Any length you want. Uh, I'm personally, I go for a 2.5 millimeter every single fucking time because I'm predictable and I like just a little amount of stubble. With 20 lengths, it's never been so easy to find your signature beard look. Plus, the trimmer has a titanium-coated T-blade that is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit is much more than a trimmer, though. It comes with four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. It has the beard shampoo and conditioner. All your hair is different, and your beard hair is much more coarse and easier to damage. That's why the kit has shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reducing grown hairs, and replenish your natural oils, promoting beard health. It also helps to shave in the shower. Next, the kit has Manscaped's beard oil. The nutrient-infused oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath, while adding a little shimmer and shine to liven up the look. Cap it off with the Beard Balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, and moisturizes, bringing the amazing scent of fresh eucalyptus, rosemary, and lavender essential oils. Mmm, mmm, damn. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code EAE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code EAE. The Manscaped Beard Hedge of Pro Kit, the premier solution to face grooming. All right, let's get back to the show. So, fuck it, let's let's do it then. This is uh, 1992's Ethereal Killer. This is fun. Fun opening. On a uh, second listen, I really appreciated how the the tom drums are recorded on this and even the bass drum like it's it's punchy yeah punching clear i'm just trying to hit the toms dude i want to hear what he's talking about this whole section is no toms i'm just dying to hear it i know we like went past it yeah Kind of an unexpected turn for a song. Yeah. I know. All right, all right. Uh, I one thing I also forgot to, to mention up top. There, when did this actually? So this one actually might have come out ninety three. The 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 years are all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was ninety three. Okay. Yeah. Um, it says ninety two. I think on Discogs, mm-hmm. but that's wrong. There's a few things on Discogs about this band that are wrong, which is rare that you get a wrong thing from Discogs. Again, uh, just people. Trying, trying their best with very little information. Also, yeah. uh, I think I'm gonna give this personal face. Shut the fuck! Shut the really? Yeah. Oh wow, that's delightful. I did not expect that. Yeah. Uh, I I thought about doing something else, but I'm like, so mm, yeah. No, this is this is consistent. This is. It is very. It's actually well. Here's the thing. Like, I don't love it as much as some of the other ones, but it is easily the one of the most consistent. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a bad song on here. It just uh, it goes by so quick. Um, very short, very short. First, first listen, I was just like, uh, okay, but, and then, 
I don't know. It's just like that's why we do it twice because like uh, I want to make sure I have these name. Like, is it Louise the second? Oh, lose, 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 or yeah, L O U S E. Those riffs are great. Yeah, yeah, um, snotty and mean. Yeah, very cool. Um, the Vegas incident is just like rules. Yeah, really unique. Yeah, killer you, baseline. Yeah, and those the, drums. Fu- oh, yeah. Oof. I I described the baseline as dizzying, and then like just to hear a band this loud, this noisy, do something with like a sixteenth note drum beat. Yeah, is pretty wild to me. Pretty fucking unique. rad. Yeah. Not to mention, um, before that we got anemia, which is like the first foray, if I want to use an asshole word like that, uh, into like the some of the darkness because they do get pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while they go real dark, and has this really cool shoegazy guitar intro. Um, it's still like most of the songs on this album are just super fast or energetic. It's like the punky, yeah, their punk album essentially. Yeah, I think that's why first listen it doesn't it doesn't seem like much, but then when you absorb what they're they're playing. It uh, ends up on Alex's personal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even their their personality and their, their personality and style is already here this early on. You get it on on songs like Tough Skins, which apparently reminds Mark Prendel of of uh, Can't Decide by Black Flag. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that either. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a good fucking song though. Um, slumber slumber yard is just another one where it's just like yeah the drummer fucking rules by that point in the album it's it's only track five i think but i was like god damn these songs aren't getting weaker no that's all we and that's like i said at some point in the past like if you hit track five and it's still good you're you're on to something you're on a roll here also my notes came through on uh mole boy those are like where um i'm gonna play a little bit so we can get the, yeah. some of these toms <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just kind of feel like a lot of noise, punk stuff, like the drums are kind of an afterthought. And to just hear them almost recorded like surf, like a yeah. surfing drum. They're very clear. They're, oh, they got a nice, like, smack to them. And yeah, I was just not expecting that on a band this small this early on. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, this this song is like it is carried by by the rhythm section. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah! I actually never heard this album. Uh, oh shit! Before now, uh, I don't know why. I didn't. I don't even know if I knew it existed. I was a terrible fan. But to be fair, most of these albums are pretty pretty hard to get your hands on. Yeah, that, that's actually hold on. Yes, because uh, out of the eight records we're covering. Two of them are streaming, <laughs> and it's not this one. Uh, but but they all are. I, I want to say all of them, if not if not all of them, then most of them are on the band's Bandcamp. So okay. go support the band; uh, they definitely deserve it, and they're still kicking. So please help them out. And it's uh, I mean, it's te- technically, I guess they are streaming, just not on the the not, sites that don't pay the, the artists. Mix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so apparently, this was recorded while they were still in Fargo, mm-hmm. which is a uh, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how I, I almost want to ask like where? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> why does it sound so good? Yeah. Maybe because it was put on AMRAP, right? So maybe they, they, they recorded it while they, they were in Fargo, but they were already signed to 
amphetamine reptile or something. Let's go back to the album. You have anything else to add? Uh, not, I mean, it's, it's over and done so fast. Like, yeah, there wasn't like a whole lot to really sink your teeth into, but it's like, it's just consistent. It's solid. It's fun. And it's, it's, it's lively. Yeah. Um, yeah, I dig it a lot, but I think one thing I didn't, I did catch is that if I think if this album was any longer, it would get boring. It's like the perfect brevity. Most definitely. Um, they, they have a lot of samey stuff. A lot of samey for sure. They usually know when to like cut it though. Yes. Like, I don't know. It's just a, it's a, it's a good taste kind of thing. Um, but even, yeah, even this early on, even though they're really energetic and, and funny and this is a fast album, there's still moments of beauty here and there. There's still like, there's still inklings of, of, of some evolution that we're going to see later on. Uh, but it's, a, it's a surprisingly strong debut from, uh, couple guys from the middle of fucking nowhere most definitely hell yeah so alex's personal favorite but time to move on to their what first ep second yes, record sir. same year 1993 this is the evil 20p that is fucking fuzzier and dirtier than anything by a lot Still fast and energetic, though. Yeah, now we kind of settle back into familiar territory. But they've already gotten dirtier within months. Uh, yeah, this is basically a song from the first album, but just grittier. Mm-hmm. Crack it one. All of these are there you go. varying in quality. Yeah. All right. We kind of got the idea for yeah. that one. Uh, once again, never heard this one. I'm going to be honest. I've only heard two albums before this. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I haven't heard this one. Dig it. I dig it too. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's okay for me. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought they were only getting better. I there's some like Anvil is a fun instrumental track. Anvil rules. I mean, it run like a minute and a half in. It gets super melodic. I think it's fucking awesome. Something like Peep, I don't love, but I'm like, oh, uh, so I do like Peep a lot. But the the last three tracks are. Um, Technically, this is a compilation. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's kind of confusing. So the original, I think the original Evil 20 P is just the first four tracks. Okay. Ending at Washout. The final three tracks, I think a peep and UV are from their first single, the okay. very first single. And Load King is from a previous seven inch, but I think this version might be re-recorded. I don't know. It's a little convoluted, but most versions, it's all put. Pu- Jumble together, but the last three tracks do sound different than the first four. Load, that's, that's why Load King, though, is my like, I think that's the best song on this. I date a lot, yeah, I date a lot. It's the hardest hitting thing on here, it's the best song. Uh, what was it? Um, MIA it reminds me, it's kind of remember, it's kind of reminiscent of Goons of Hazard by Dick Candies. Mm-hmm. Uh, very cool. Um, I don't much love Washout. 
Uh, it's not bad. It's just it's just one of the flyover songs for me. Uh, but I like. I mean, again, it's just like yeah, it's strong. It's dirty. It's mean. It's a little uneven, uneven because like, I I could hear the differences between the, the last two tracks and the rest. But mm-hmm. I find and there's no there's basically no evolution from the first one to this one aside from a little bit dirtier. Just put this one in no harm, no foul. Exactly. Yeah, I, I dig it. I think it's fine. I'll go back to it. Uh, but it's not like gonna stand on its own as one of their greatest records or ever or anything. But what 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 happened around this time? So this is what. <clears throat> Or at least around this time period, um, Sanders, Paul Sanders says, uh, when we play shows, <clears throat> there are some times when it feels like the band is turning into an animal and then it starts hunting and then it finds its prey, chases it down and kills it. Then it eats it. That feeling is still there. When that feeling leaves, we promise to stop playing, but it might take a while. <laughs> God bless him. Ah, what a, what a beautiful analogy because sometimes i go to concerts and i'm like oh man are these guys burnt out i i hope not yeah yeah that's so i like a quote like that you want to see animals up there it just it just it you it transfers into the entire room when someone is uh really letting loose Mm -hmm. uh but a cool ep uh more of a stepping stone to the Second album, which we are going to talk about now, if you are ready. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. This one is a is a, is a nice little gem from Amrap. It's the first thing I heard from them. It's I think it's uh, probably a big album for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, here we go. This is 1994's Into the Vortex. Oh, already it is very evil. Very mean. Also, I don't know if the Amrap guy did their album covers, but this is a, uh, a cool one. Love this album cover. That's a, yeah, I'm right. There is a couple different ones. Yeah, there's two different ones. I'm talking about the one with the stuff, man. The reissue? Yes. The reissue is excellent. Yeah. I actually do like that cover a lot more. It's like a skeleton in an astronaut outfit. Yeah. So they've slowed down, they're heavier, and they're way darker. It's almost industrial the way it's. Yeah, those drums. Those fucking wonderful hi hats. Yeah, this is the, the original cover is the one that I was familiar oh, with. Oh, and, and the original cover, he's still alive. Ah, oh, very that cool that the reissue ties into that. That is a cool concept. Yeah, I never noticed that. Yeah, Hayes did the original cover. I don't know if he did the reissue, though. So that is a perfect example of what I love and don't love about this band. What's the what's the part you don't love? Those vocals. Oh, I th- you know, on this album, I don't mind them. There's a different album where I'm... Really? This is my least favorite vocal album. Dang. Out of I, all the albums, this is like the only one where the vocals actually bother me. I got a different one. Interesting. Uh, having said that, I still do like the song quite a bit. I don't think it's their best. Uh, I do think it's it's kind of underrated and, and maybe deserves a little bit more attention, but I could see how this would be abrasive to some people. 
It's just a pretty fucking, it's a pretty noisy, brutal, heavy album. Yeah, um, we didn't get to it, but that opening song, Swallow, it's so abrasive. There's like this guitar solo part where it's like, <sighs> it feels light and breezy a little bit. The, there's a little breakdown. The, I know what you're talking about. The guitar solo is rad, mm. but there's a breakdown at a minute 50 that gives me chills to this day. It will never not give me chills. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. And uh yeah i've always loved that song and then the the follow-up the starland locomotive it shows that the opener was not a fluke and it is just as fucking heavy and pissed off and dark and it's it's this, almost teetering on sludge metal yes this album is cranked up to an 11 all the time um i think an example where it gets close to sludge metal but uh if you want to be nitpicky about your genres all this is yours. I'm, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is this is dirty alternative rock and roll. I guess the kids call it grunge music. It's fucking cool. Yeah. I love, it's some seriously bitter shit. Really sick bass lines. Really ugly uh, chord progressions. But it also has the album's first melodic moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more reining and tight than the previous tracks. And it's a strange fucking song, but. Oh God, it's great. And those, those drums are fucking awesome. I, I really enjoyed the last three tracks on this album. Really? Which, yes. Which is because they're so, they're so different and it's so uncommon where I'm like, oh man, those last three, like those last three tracks, you don't really say that about. Yeah, no shit. A lot of, you may be like, oh, the first three, but like the dude, last two tracks are my least favorite songs on the album are, um, easily dude i think empty angel just, empty angel is rad yeah it just does this like high wire act well juggling like weird light stuff heavy and you get speed i'm just like yeah. i don't know how they pulled off all these and then yeah galaxy 66 i i love uh again a very like drum driven song i love the galloping floor toms Mm. and then it goes into the snare it's almost like western music meets surf music i found that one to be almost dancey it is for sure just in a very ugly noise rock kind of way for sure uh journey to the center of tetanus four uh the the closer and it's a pretty big long seven minute noisy heavy jammy chaotic song it's yeah the title is yeah it it's exactly what you want for a album with an astronaut on the cover. That's true. Uh, even though I, I don't love it, uh, I do like the moments where they rain it back, like they rain it way back. Mm-hmm. Overall, kind of rare on the album. And then the final rare. third, the final third chunk of the song is fucking rad. Yeah, rare for this band to ever. Very, very you know rare. What? Yeah, they they're quite loud. Uh, so our, 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 I guess I can, we can officially say friend of the show, Mark Prendel, he has said, he talks about this album a lot. He said, um, he says into the vortex is one of the diamonds in AMRAP's crown. When it was released, I shared a three bedroom apartment with a drummer who was even more into AMRAP than I was every night for weeks. He played that album as he fell asleep. Although he played it very quietly, <laughs> our walls were paper thin. So I grew to absolutely love the baselines of all this is yours and breast before I'd even sat down to listen to the album for myself. Usually one would be irritated, irritated by a housemate's music, keeping them awake. But how could I, how could I complain about hammerhead? Hmm. I'd, I'm, I'd be delighted if I had a roommate who liked this shit before I did. God damn. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of breast, that song is also very cool. Um, again, it's a, it's another example of those. I mean, he said it right here with the bass lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
some, I want to say most of the, my favorite songs is usually just a, an incredible bass line with wild guitars on top of it. Um, I, I think a lot of times it's, it's easy to get caught up in like big production or, uh, and even I'm guilty of it. Like, you know, like I fawned over that Portishead live album, mm-hmm. but there's something about a, a two or three piece band where it's just like every member is is the show like yeah. every single member they're, is equally as important they're so on point that yeah uh what's another band that does that oxbow i mean there's there's a singer there's a separate singer but like the the three you know guitar bass and drums it's like they're so fucking tight and on point that it sounds like it's a massive I, I think Band. I think you mispronounced the white stripes. I <laughs> did. I I'm sorry. No. I, I didn't mean to make that mistake. No, I just know how <laughs> how indifferent you are towards them. And, it's uh, extremely, extremely. Yes. That is one band I don't feel. I don't think feels very big for what they are. I don't mean the records. I guess we can do a lot with that. But I, I, mean, I mean, like live too. No, no. I just want to get my jokes. I know. Uh, also, like Shellac or any Albini band, mm-hmm. to where they just feel gigantic, even though it's just three people. Or oh, yeah, but like big business is <sighs> uh, that's impressive. It is. It's it's the most rare when it's two people. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, Ohm is fucking insane. You really gotta carry a lot of weight when it's just two people. Ohm had a fucking. I'm not exaggerating. A wall of amps, like the first time I saw them, from one end of the stage to the other. And That's a lot of amps, dude. I was like, "Are these even all plugged in?" And then once, once Al hit the, uh, yeah, the fucking the cheeks did the fucking ripple thing. Yeah, if uh, if you're older, think of the uh, the Maxwell guy who sits down. In oh the chair. yeah. <laughs> fucking three people are gonna get that reference and i love it yeah i always that's what i think of every, yeah every time it's like it was a great fucking logo for a company that's not around anymore. yeah it was a, I mean, there were all the cassettes right yeah man they i had, probably did other things but imagine so many maxwell cassettes in my house going yeah. just fucking is a fucking perfect logo yeah r.i.p maxwell yeah uh but anyway this album I mean, we're kind of just talking about individually holding what songs are cooler or whatever, but as an album, this is fucking such an insane step forward. Mm-hmm. Like this sounds, you know, it's them. They sound like them. Again, the personality and style is still there, but it is just a different fucking heavier, grittier, tighter, more punishing. Again, teetering on sludge metal. And yeah, I think uh, a band like this, that sounds like a bunch of Neanderthals, it'd be, It'd be easy to like do like the motorhead or the slayer thing, which I think they kind of do, but kind of, but I, there were several moments in this discography where I was like, wait, what? Yeah. This is again, like just blindsided. So I think this is the first of it. If you had never heard the band, this is like the first, like, what the fuck? All right. This is a, this is a different thing. Yes. Uh, this was recorded by Tim Mack, AKA, Minus M equals AC square. Uh, 
he was in uh, Halo Flies, Halo of Kitten, uh, Poker the Clown, and he also recorded the cows, um, Halo Flies, Babes in Toyland, Today is the Day, uh, aka Tom's favorite metal band. Today, I, Tom is a big Today is the Day fan. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. He's 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 the one who put the that seed in my brain to like maybe, mm. maybe we should start covering Today's the Day. Plus, the main guy's name is Steve Austin. Eh? Oh oh yeah. Yeah, it may, may not be the same Steve Austin, yeah. but it's pretty close. And then the slowly paving the road to a Mastodon episode. Oh, they're going to say like just wrestlers themed episodes. We already did that for Patreon. We did that on a Patreon, <laughs> but I'd do it again. I'd do it again as well. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So right here it says that they, re- they, had reloc- they had relocated to Minneapolis by the time this album came out. It witnessed the trio moving their driving minimalist sound uh, into a more focused but no less uncompromising direction with lyrics taking on greater importance. Pretty cool album. I actually quite like this album. I have a lot of fondness for this one. It's a great step forward. Uh, it is abrasive as fuck. It is not going to win everyone over. You know what? I think we've done so much abrasive stuff. We're coming off the hills. <laughs> of doing swans that is true too yeah i'm just like this is i'm like oh this is no <laughs> this is breezy for us this is fun but i'm, I'm trying to put i'm trying to put no. myself in the brain of a, of a regular person yes uh and i see this album as as one of the top ones of being like damn that's that's harsh yes um uh, because they they can get pretty catchy and this I'm is a, not catchy. This is just fucking brutal. Unless you've been listening to Swans and God, then then you're fine. You're, you're fine. fine. Yeah. You're fine. Listen to Swans and God. They're they're both so goddamn good. Uh, yeah, underrated album. Check it out. Check it out. If you're a noise rock per- person, haven't heard this, you must. But here we go. Are you ready for the next one? Yes, sir. Hell yeah! This is the last album before they broke up in '96. Uh, this is 1996's Duh, the Big City. This intro still gets me every time. Some of the, some of the intros are so in, incredibly unique and characteristic. This, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of a misleading intro. Insanely it, misleading yeah. intro. You think you're going to get some more brutal sludge metal with this. And we'll be treated to, what is, dare I say, one of their happiest riffs, I feel. Happy, hooky, yeah. fun. Feels like a a doohoss is gonna come on. I know. Should have time stamped it. It's a cool intro though. And now the speed is back. But back to being fast. Oh, semi fast. Some of that weird, like, uh, like Brainiac flame shit yeah. in the back. Very cool production. This could almost be a Pixie song. Yeah, it's a lot dirtier, but it. Yeah. I love that, man. Just a hooky bass line with the coolest guitar lines over it. <laughs> so fucking rad. Oh, I love this. God damn, it's heavy. The bass on this album is unmatched. 
vocals. I love these vocals. I fucking I love these vocals. I, I legitimately like them. I don't care for them. I think it fits perfectly for what the song is. I was hoping that it was kind of a one-off, but it does. Crazy. Kind of go throughout the whole album. Uh, I, I I thought I mean when I first heard this forever ago I thought those vocals were a wonderful surprise because just that the way they're they're kind of toned down mm-hmm. behind this really energetic song. Sorry, best personal favorite. There it is. Uh, I yeah, this is always my favorite. This is I think the like a, the fan favorite album. Mm-hmm. Uh, what everyone kind of considers their best. And I, I hadn't heard it in so long. I really forgot how much I love this album. I mean, I listened to this thing religiously when I was, you know, late teens or I freaking fucking forgot how old I was. Uh, probably 17, 16, 17. Uh, yeah. And then, so you get that. So it's kind of like the the style of the first two records, but with the heavy brutality of, of Into the Vortex, mm-hmm. which I think is very cool. And then, and then you get Meanderthal. How do you not love Meanderthal? I do like that. It's so good. It's so brutal. It's, it is the heaviest thing they've done so far. I was going to say, it's one of their more metal songs. And to make sure you know it's metal, there's all the pitch harmonics. Dude, it's not just that. Like, it's such a big... Like, I was mentioning how crazy the bass is on this album. It is the... I think maybe my favorite bass sound in all of noise rock. Yeah. Where it's just... It's so big and fuzzy and it really has it's not because a lot of times when you hear dirty bass um it lacks a lot of the low end just because the nature of distortion cuts out low end but here you feel that bottom mm-hmm. it's big and loud and powerful and and crunchy and then it, it's also got that bass to it and so uh Manithal has you know this, this big slow sludgy heavy sections and then it cuts into these super really, really, really fast sections uh, that with these insane drums. Uh, they're, they're very cool sections, but when it goes back to the main one, it's that much more brutal yeah. because like you forget like, oh yeah, this is like the heaviest bass I've, I've ever heard. It's mm-hmm. so cool. Uh, New York Alone. <sighs> one of my all-time favorite noise rock songs, period. Some great guitar playing on here on that song great stuff it's like a minute long it's it's one of the coolest riffs ever it's got um even though it's super short you 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 hear these really strange like you mentioned brainiac like just these strange wiggly electronic sounds um sometimes it's it's a guitar sometimes not probably i always think of like like oh i want the flange or flanger or whatever um but like it sounds like you're underwater too. There's a lot of moments like that on this album. The the production here is actually stellar. I think this is probably the best produced album, at least like um, sound quality wise. And then even even with like the layers and stuff, like this is pretty incredible shit. Um, the the cowbell on Missionological is is a nice touch. Yeah, it's not a thing that they. I don't think they ever use cowbell anywhere else ever. That's, that's another crazy like blink blinking you'll miss it song yeah yeah there's a lot of short songs in here um the i like every song on here we're not counting fucking mr bismuth which is obviously a troll track noise and feedback on that one it's not just noise and feedback uh it's a it's an obvious troll song because it's three times louder than everything on here (laughs) and it comes on abruptly (laughs) so it's like okay dick like 
Yeah. This is not a, a quiet album. It's a loud album. Yeah. All the songs are loud, but that, that one, one is, is. It's like, it's like peaking essentially. Yeah. So it's a dick move. It's the end of the album. I give it a pass because fuck it, you could skip it. But the uh, the only other song that I, I do like this other song. I like this song a lot. A lot. Said it funny. Uh, but there is a, a huge caveat to it, and that song is Victoria. Because it's just Night Goat from the Melvins. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I wrote that down too. It's this. It's the same riff, and you know, put it on a little bit. Um, Be- although, despite sounding like Night Goat, it has quite an intro on it. You might want to scrub through a little bit. But okay, go on. Um, what you, we were saying, despite sounding like Night Goat, it is an example of that great bass sound. Mike has been talking about it. I'm just gonna hop in here around 40 seconds. Cool. Perfect, actually. It's just missing a couple notes, but it's essentially the same riff. So it's a different song, but it is the same riff. Did they rip it off? Probably not, but uh, it's still like that's that's the thing about that about that riff. It's just it's such a good riff. I I like it no matter where you put it. You know what? In in defense of that song being a rip off a of night goat, even the Melvins ripped off night goat on a senile animal because a lot of those riffs. <laughs> Honestly, who I don't really fucking care. Honestly, it's a if it's a cool song. It's a cool song. I don't think I don't think they they ripped it off at all. Um, this, this shit just happens sometimes with the parallel thinking and the whatnots. But uh, it's still a good song. It's always it's, I've always loved it. It's always it's always it's probably the catchiest thing on here. That's easiest to stick in your head because it is a, like a lengthier song and it is a very characteristic hooky riff. Mm-hmm. Um, but not just that. There's a, I mean. You could say something about most songs on here. Fucking Monkey Mountain rules. Uh, the intro to Mune is so. It's what I mean about those intros. Like sometimes their intros are like the most incredible thing. I still like this. I think the song is amazing. Mm-hmm. But put on just the intro to Mune because how they get these sounds. It's just I don't need. I have. I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> that is very cool. So cool. So fucking rad. And then, yeah, I do quite like the song uh, as well, but I bet you don't because the vocals are very similar to the opener. Yeah, I'm at this point in the album, I'm just, I'm okay with it. Like, even like Monkey Mountain, I'm like, I don't love this, but I can't deny how good the playing is on that song. This is a really well-performed album. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I mean, across the board, including the production, it just feels like everything kind of came together. The title track, uh, which is the closer, I find it to be like probably one of the weaker songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still like it, but it, it honestly feels like a faster version of something from Into the Vortex. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've always loved this album. I still love this album. Uh, it feels like a wonderful evolution that doesn't sacrifice an ounce of the personality. It's kind of combining everything that they have ever done which is kind of uh, fitting that this is the last album that they did for a long time. Um, and it's it, not to mention, it's just a collection of their, their finest riffs and songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a noise rock classic, an easy go-to, an easy best. Um, I almost gave personal favor to something else. 
I'm still conflicted by it right now, <laughs> but I can't deny that this one will always be in my life, in my repertoire, sure. like forever. I just, I've always loved this album. Yeah, this band was kind of a whirlwind for me to digest, but... uh How so? Oh, just in terms of like distributing my picks. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to have more trouble. In the end, it just kind of... Sometimes once you hit, you finish the last album, everything is kind of laid out in front of you. Like, oh yeah, it's clear. Mm-hmm. So they broke up after this and it says uh, from their bio, the beginning of the end had already arrived when Sanders left the group in 1995. Other guitarists were enlisted to take his place, but none quite stuck. He went on to form um, more Ram, which later broke up while Erickson um, and Meridian Jr. formed Vaz. Uh, which... According to my friend John, are still active today, and oh, he sh- believes they're based out of L.A. now. So. Oh shit! Interesting, interesting. I never, so, I, I knew about them for a long time. Never heard them. Even um, even Mark Prendo, he said um, he's you know he's a big fan of the other albums too. But he says uh that Vaz was also excellent, or Vaz, Vaz, but yeah, Rich Vaz. Um, yeah, he said. Vaz also that now I can't talk. I know, but uh, however you pronounce that band yeah. also rips. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. So after they broke up, and uh, Erickson and, and, and Jeff formed Vaz. Uh, this is fascinating. Sanders joined the Heroin Sheiks and recorded on uh, Journey to the Edge of the Knife. Now I've mentioned briefly uh, earlier Heroin Sheiks, love them. Uh, I mentioned in the past, past episodes, Heroin Cheeks are actually one of my top five favorite bands of all time or yeah. top 10. We've never covered them. I'm holding off on covering them just because I want to do the, I want to do the cows. Um, I want to do a bunch more Amrap stuff. Mm-hmm. Heroin Cheeks are one of the most d- disaster, disastrously overlooked bands. <laughs> like they were, they literally broke up because they couldn't survive. It was the only reason oh, they broke man. up and they're one of the fucking best noise rock bands ever. It's a singer from the cows, Shannon mm-hmm. Selberg. Uh, and journey to, journey to the end of the, uh, journey to the edge of the knife was their last album. I did not know Paul Sanders was on that album. That's very crazy. There you go. They went through a few different lineup changes, and uh, it's a very good album. It's my third favorite album, but they only have four albums, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Like they're all good, but crazy stuff. Um, but in 2010, Hammerhead played two reunion shows. One was Amrap's 25th anniversary, and the other one was Death by Audio in Brooklyn, and. Following that, they released uh, the reunion EP, reunion EP. Now, I actually remember that reunion, the Amrap 25th uh, anniversary. Um, I remember Hammerhead playing. I remember other bands. Play. I remember, I remember Shannon from the Cows playing the national anthem on Bugle because <laughs> <laughs> he was a Bugle man in, in both bands. But I remember thinking like, holy shit, it's Hammerhead. It's crazy. They're playing again. Um, but it was already kind of toward the toward the edge of like when I was like kind of getting out of that phase. So I I missed the whole the the new records. It's fascinating stuff. But they released a new EP and they're back. And they're still back. And this one is technically called Memory Hole. It's also called Anarcho Retardist Terror Exhibit, which I think is a much better name. But Memory Hole is a lot easier. Uh and this is what? Yeah, this is 2011. So you ready? Yep. Oh, yeah. This, uh, yeah, memory hole. Appropriately titled Resurrecto. 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 
So not dissimilar to what we're used to at this point. It's kind of crazy how nothing changed. They don't feel older at all. Oh. This one has a campy darkness to it. It's kind of cool. More distorted vocals than we've ever got before. Almost comical. Yeah. It's the campiness. Yeah. Which kind of works because the next song is like very. Probably. Very cool. I actually quite like that, and I was like, "Oh shit, they're they're still good. Yeah, they're still good. This is a, like, this is really better than you could have ever hoped for for a reunion." Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that because you know, for me being spoiled, just listening to it immediately after and and not waiting, I I did. I was curious, like how how like how does how do fans i i i can't like i like it a lot i was mm -hmm. it doesn't feel they don't go one you can't even tell the voices because of all the distortion but it doesn't feel like there was any gap in between because mm -hmm. yeah for me i realize this is like a big return thing but i'm like when you're just you're spoiled and you're this listening to these things back to back I'm like it's it's kind of just more of the same. It's it's an okay EP. It's fine. It's a it's a good. I think it's probably one of the stronger EPs. Actually, I I like every song on here. And it's also that's probably a cheating statement just because it's so short. Mm -hmm. And track three is Cloudless Face, which is a very brief, good. like uh, atmospheric, almost theatrical organ piece. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly good though. I think it's like they've never fucked around with full on organs and electronic and like we're just gonna no drums no no band uh and it's actually feels kind of cool um I, I think the title track is probably my favorite track on here uh, yeah memory hole is the best thing on here fantastic good the, i mean i it, guess that's worth the price of admission i think the, the whole ep is is fucking strong and it, it does it, it does end quite strong but like it's also funny where a band can be predictable because of how good the drums are like mm -hmm. like to they're always good they're always so damn good and then the title check is like fuck man he's still jeff is still that goddamn good still that dude still that dude i think he played organ on this on this one um which is also neat but according to discogs it says uh part of the amrap showcase in austin on uh march 17th 2011 uh, Hammerhead resurrect and commission retardism art movement stalwart haze xxl uh Tom Hazel here. Uh, to hand make their first record release in over a decade. Uh, these 12 by 12 uh, lithocut hand printed and assembled hundred sleeves all have the needed blemishes, wrinkles, and imperfections to meet stringent retardist code. <laughs> Is this a thing? I... <laughs> retardist? <laughs> it's my favorite word now. I'm like, it's, it, it's like an artist, but you know. Uh, 50 of these were on exhibit for the Texas show, hand numbered and signed by Hayes XXL. It's crazy. Yeah, I think... I'm not a hundred percent sure. I may have a few, few, uh, um, EPs 
Endor vinyls signed by. Oh, really? Hey, interesting. <laughs> they're they're fucking Melvin's help. Spoiler alert. Oh. They're 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 Melvin's shocker. Albums, but. Shocker. Uh, this is rec- this uh, CP was recorded by Mike Wisty, um, who is a guitarist, singer, and songwriter of Rank Strangers. He also recorded Grant Hart of Who's Could Do, uh, the Kelly Deal Six Thousand, and the Rakes. Uh, it sounds cool. It sounds sounds fine. Sounds good. Uh, and I think it's like a, a very it's such an inoffensive return. Like it could. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, because like, it could have been average, and been like, all right, well, it wasn't too bad. But this is like, oh, this is just as good. This mm-hmm. is I like it just as much as the, the fucking Evil Twenty P, um, which is pretty pretty goddamn cool. Uh, but we have a couple more. We have a few more actually. They have a and the, now the gaps are getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Even though they're, they're reunited, um, I think they live in different places now or like a, a different states. Well, yeah, they're like in L.A. and then. Yeah, well, I, for, else. I forgot who I think um, Jeff and Erickson were or in New York mm-hmm. and then um, standards in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So or at least at the time of this next record. Uh, but yeah, the gaps are getting bigger. So this is uh, three years later. This is 2014's Global Depression EP. Not quite what we just had. A little different. Also, little, little random thing. The, the artwork reminded me a lot of the Mama Lee. Oh, that we, you know it, it does. It's both like a hooded guy in red. Yeah, same color, same the same kind of hood. Yeah, so uh, more more obscure than check out if you're just joining us. Mabalik, Mabalik. I like that chorus a lot. Yeah, this is a big two piece of song. That one really does feel amrappy. Yes, I and I don't know if this is controversial, but I like this one better than. The previous really yeah. i like this one much less uh this was like the first record i'm like all right i don't i don't love it it's fine it's a cool it's actually a cool record i do enjoy mm-hmm. it but the, there's two songs on here that really drag it down for me and i, though, I probably love them i'm sure <laughs> outer rim not a fan i love the drums on outer rim oh really so much uh that one and descended from apes that one's okay. It's, I, you can you can have that okay. one. It is what's well, also the the strangest, silliest thing they've ever done. It's mm-hmm. like an '80s dance beat with some some congas on there. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just kind of strange and odd. Also, in the notes, I don't know if uh, they might be roto toms. I saw there's some notes about roto toms. Oh, Rota, you know what? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Roto toms. Yes, which it only matters if you're a drum nerd. Yeah, everyone else, you're fun. Yeah, it's the, the the drum that doesn't sound like the drums we normally hear. Probably uh, every ska band has some some roto toms in it. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Uh, but make I, your uh, case. Make your case. Convince me. What's going on? Real. Also, real quick, because I don't know when I I I I'm a jerk and I stole some roto toms from a kid in high school. Holy shit! I apologize to you, good sir. I'm sorry if I see you again. I'll buy you a beer, whatever those roto toms are worth. You live and learn, you know. Yes. Sometimes we steal as young men, and we don't mean to. I do the time. I meant to. Definitely meant to when it happened. Fucking, it was a dick move, and I am apologizing. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I I like that opening track. I like how industrial and metallic like a wizard is. That song, yeah, I I, I dig the drums on that one a lot. Mm-hmm. And then like I said, Outer Rim, I just I just love the drums so much on that. I just kind of like when this oh, this band is using space for inspiration. Space how? Outer space. Oh, outer space. Oh. And then another room is just that one is pretty great. Yeah, that's a s- solid hammerhead. I think that's my favorite track on the on the album. Another mm-hmm. room, um, really good bass lines and, and interesting rhythm choices on there. But I think Outer Room is the first song on the record to not sound super evil because mm-hmm. now they're they're leaning into the the darkness here. They're not like scary or anything. They're still like energetic and noisy and chaotic. But um, the riffs are very very fuck very mean riffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. I, I like the like this one a lot more on second listen than first, um, because on first listen I was like, oh, all right, and then second I was like, wait a minute, this is still good. I still I like think, this band. I think I had a little bit of fatigue, but my ears kind of kind of perked up a little here. I kept thinking I was gonna get fatigued with this, but it's, I will say, getting fatigued with this discography is weird because it's really it's not a lot. No, it's not a lot, but I every. I couldn't because I would be every time I would be expecting it to sound the same. They would do something different. Like mm-hmm. for instance, the last two EPs that were sorry records, last two albums, the last the next two that we're talking about, I was full expecting like okay, longer versions of the stuff we just heard. Mm-hmm. But we were not we're we're not we're not there we're not there and we're not doing that yet. But uh, before we before we move on to the next ones, um, this is what uh, what Paul Sanders says about. I mean, this this record was made basically with them far apart. And uh, I guess they had to like try something different, essentially. He says, um, Erickson and Jeff were, were in New York when we were pulling the songs together and I lived in Minneapolis. Luckily, technology overcame distance. The song Descended from Apes is actually built off of a demo. I started at my house using GarageBand for some spacey guitar effect and vocals to a simple drum loop. Paul Erickson added bass and organ and Jeff added the rototoms in the studio. We had enough time in the studio to do what we needed to do, but no more. We had to be efficient. But it's a cool EP. Uh, Alex is preferred. My least preferred. Of the two. Of the, of the two. two yes. Of the two. Uh, but we got two more. Two actual full lengths. Finally, the first full length from their reunion. This is 2015's New Directions. This, I was like, this is, this is something new. Sure is. I wasn't expecting this. Neither was I. Bass still sounds good. Drums still sound good. This this does suffer from the worst drum production in the whole discography, essentially, which bums me out because this is so cool. And the drums are still doing awesome shit. What a cool riff. More like... They're leaning into like the more industrial stuff than they This is the have earlier. It's the least noise rocky they've been. Oh, this is pretty fucking noise. It's you know what I mean? Like noise rock. Okay. Like MRAP noise rock. Yeah. This is the 
those guitar lines over that bass line, fucking excellent. Yeah. So that one goes on a while and does a lot of different things, and there's a lot of different things going on in this album. Also, best. This was almost my personal favorite. I can't believe how good this album is. Neither can I. <laughs> Neither can I. It's I thought so fucking great. I thought I knew what this band was. So did I. I thought I really thought I knew what this band well, was. It was. More you than me, but yeah, I was like, okay, with this, I'll just fucking knock this out. I yep. was like, well, what's all this, dude? I was flabbergasted. Again, I was expecting like, all right, it's going to be like the, you know, we've heard them reunite mm-hmm. a, a year prior to this. They put out that EP. I'm like, all right, it's fine. And then all of a sudden they're like a, kind of a different band kind, making yeah. really different, like super long songs and they fucking rule. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. You said the drums were recorded. I think I was just so enamored. I didn't notice I'm going to revisit this album yeah, um, they sound weak and quiet and muffled which is just a production thing which is unfortunate because yeah. i feel like this is like the drummer's album there are so many cool drum beats yep and licks and feel fills and it's just oh man like fucking melted moon yep it's just the spastic almost dancey drum beat and then, like, towards the end... Oh, the final chunk. Oh, oh, that bass gets real evil. It's so rad, dude. Yeah. That song... Du- made, like, I think this album has, like, a, a bit of a rev to it. Like, the first two tracks, maybe my my lesser favorite. I still like them, but... um, as the like with, with every song, it just keeps getting better and better. And, mm-hmm. like, by the end of Melted Moon, I'm like, I am on board. I am on this train. And then Zooid comes on. Mm-hmm. W- one of their best songs easily hell yeah one of the i couldn't fucking believe how much i love that song i love that song so goddamn much i mean one of the best things i've ever written it's like how how is it possible they're so late in their career i don't know the the way you feel about zooid which is a a great song but there's kind of how i felt about sector five sector five is oh rules i'm just like they're going <laughs> so hard on this album for all 10 of their fans yeah and it's awesome <laughs> i love it it's great and that's one thing like they're they're still energetic but they're not the same as before they're not these songs aren't really fast they've they've somehow managed to crank out a jammy noise rock album that's what it is they, they've leaned into the jamminess they're they're kind of they're leaning on like one repetitive riff for like most of these pretty lengthy songs and the layers are just coming and going there's crazy usually the guitar lines are the things that, that are changing the most while the bass um is just sort of repeating the same thing but it feels like they develop over over their length it's not like just boring repetitiousness repetitiveness whatever the word um so it, it does feel like this 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 growing um blooming thing with each mm-hmm. song also, the clo- the closing track, STE001, Val... Val Vlad. Vlad. Vlad, over. Sorry. Yeah. Um, just to be able to, like, close out on, like, an epic song like that. Yeah, how long is that one? That's a beefy one. It's long. Yeah. Um, I, I like the dirty guitar tones on it. Like, it enters this... Uh, I bought up Ohm earlier. Mike talked about the, the jammy, repetitive stuff, and... He, especially that song hits that like 
hypnotic, like this sounds good. So just fucking play it a hundred times yep. in a row. Yep. If it feels good and it doesn't feel like it's going to fizzle out, play it a million fucking times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like around, um, so around two thirty is when it, it shifts into that sludge metal thing, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, Cause like the first, two and a half minutes i'm like oh this is fine i don't i don't love it it's not the most memorable and then it takes that shift and it's like ah you have me again yeah always always uh a joy when an album or, or a band can just like i wasn't expecting that and in the best possible way insane and it, like even looking at the the name like new directions is pretty on the nose because it is a literal new direction also it's funny not being a new metal band and being in 2015 putting a z in a word that's that's the other thing it's <laughs> directions with a z at the end and you look it's like what the fuck are you what, what, what are you doing here what, what's going on like, what, if, what, if you if you listen to our nwa episode you know how mike feels about putting z's in words they're grammatically incorrect no it's just it's just a silly like it's automatically silly <laughs> it's a very like silly thing that was going on a lot in the like late 90s early 2000s yeah or the the, the brats dolls something or like anything yeah, like, yeah. Any, so it always feels kid-like or juvenile in some way it's just silly and funny or and, or like you're gonna throw on a twisted tw- exactly uh, also if you never heard of that band i bet you'll never guess how it's spelled is it like t-w-y-z it's like t-w-i-t-z twist twi- z-d oh jesus christ something stupid i don't even know how it's spelled but the point is they use a z <laughs> and when you put a z in your album title you're gonna make me think like oh this is probably like it's gonna be fine average or like whatever or kind of jokey or, you think it's even if you know the band because the band is not a jokey band they're a mm-hmm. good serious band at what they do but you think like there's going to be some jokiness to this for sure. Or like attitude era WWE put a lot of Z's. <laughs> but instead we get literally, in my opinion, their second best album and in Alex's opinion, their best yeah, album. Their best album. <laughs> and that's, that's some wild shit. It's just delightful. Absolutely. Delightful. I'm going to start throwing Z's and more. Th- I'm, Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to bring it back. Every album's ever's. Uh, but this is recorded by Neil Weir, um, who is a Minneapolis based engineer. Uh, he's uh, recorded Nova Mob, Mob, Alkaline Trio, Grand Heart again, and Melvin's. Uh, so a little bit in that, very much of that scene in that that's that um that city, which is nice. Alkaline Trio is kind of a, a curveball. That, that is a curveball. <laughs> uh, but Alex is best, and we got one more. Yes, we. I wonder which way this can I, go. I was so excited about New Directions, I didn't even queue up the next. Well, I don't even know how to queue this one up. This one is hard to queue up. I'm gonna queue on this track two. You want to do it from there? Well, the first track is literally three seconds long. Yeah, yeah. So track two, yeah. Fuck I was it. just gonna do track three because it's the most song like. But track no track two has songness okay. to it. Okay, we'll go from there. I think you know what. Yeah, you know, yeah, for track two is, okay. is, is yeah. Okay. So this is 2022. Already talking about I know. Yeah. <laughs> 2022's excommunications. Also, this is self released. Yes. I, I didn't mention last album is like the first album not on AMRAP, I believe. 
I might, I know, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Uh, the reunion in general hasn't been on AMRAP. Uh, except for, um, Memory Hole was AMRAP, but Global Depression and New Directions were, were, were not. This one is no record label. So right now, you're, what you're hearing is not what we're used to from Hammerhead. And you know what's funny? Because it's like, we like Godspeed. We're not opposed to something like this. Love Godspeed. If, if, you're, if you are building towards something. Yes. That is, that is how you do experimental. I don't feel like this builds This does this for a long time and then ends. Also, quick note, while Mike has the Discogs open up, I see Hammerhead and Godhead Silo did a, a split together. So. Will you look at that? Will you look at- they did! Hell yeah. Holy shit, from 1993. Hell check yeah. Out Godhead's, uh, check out that episode. Okay, this song doesn't actually change. And the- Also, worst least favorite. Worst least favorite. This is just- Cut and dry. A baffling album is what this is. Let me tell you, Mike. <laughs> oh, also, uh, Dale's band Porn, I see, is on here. Um, oh, shit. Close this. I'm just getting distracted. I was just sitting there thinking track one was this a very long opening soundscape. Yeah. And then when I went to do my notes, like, okay, let me make sure I have the song down. I was like, oh, oh we're three songs in. Three songs in. So... Like not much this happens. Is, so, a brief, a quick synopsis. This is a full-on experimental album that there's basically no vocals. There's lots of. I mean, there's mm -hmm. some vocals. Like they, there is more like spoken word through a million distortion pedals, but lots of samples, lots of field recordings, lots of feedback, and boring shit. <laughs> and and it, I don't understand. I'm confused because. I don't, there is virtually zero info about this. Like, mm -hmm. even on the, the liner notes of this album, it just says Paul, Apollo, and Jeff, which is Paul, Paul, and Jeff. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't even say what they played. It just has their names, and that's it. There's no talks about what the fuck these songs are, what, what, why this is. It just went from one of their best albums to seven years later, they're just, they've ditched songs. They've stopped playing songs entirely. Yes. Um, one of the few musical moments on here. Yeah. Uh, is coexist. Coexist mix number three. I would, I would excuse that song if it was seven minutes shorter, but it's, <laughs> it's 14 minutes. It's 15 minutes. And oh, the fact okay. that you, the fact that you said, listen, if it was seven minutes short, like that's a lot. That's a big number to I will, be like. <laughs> I will. I will tolerate a good amount for a long while. It. It's like the most kraut rock thing they've done. Yeah, but with noise, of course. Yes, and I'm I'm okay with it, but I, not for that long. Kraut rocky, jazzy, a lot of herky jerky drones, very droney. Uh, I was funny. They have a song called "Drone Away." They do afterward, and but, I was like, "Well, that delivered." <laughs> That's exactly what the. So, <laughs> sorry, no, 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 no. I actually, if I, "Drone Away" is the closest thing to a good song, I would say is on the album, mm -hmm. which is a mean thing to say, but holy crap! Uh, so coexist. How how, the, huh? how relieved were you that 
you were like, oh, thank God this wasn't going to make my so wasn't going to make my list. I didn't miss anything. I was so relieved that I was like, man, I, I fucking missed out on a Hammerhead album that could have been on my 2022 list. No, nope. no chance. <laughs> <laughs> but it, so coexist. Like, first of all, this is a short album. This is a 30 minute album. That song is half of this album. <laughs> and the things, it's like, were we talking about on the, on the last album where it's repetitive, but they, they develop, they grow. The songs mm-hmm. like build and stuff. It's just the most annoying thing they've ever done for 15 minutes. And the funny, it's probably the funniest thing on the album, but it's definitely the funniest thing on that song. The vocals, it's just this super, super duper loud, distorted voice saying, Coexist. Yes. Coexist. And it's just like speaking random phrases, but it sounds like um, this is going to be a, a wild pull. I'm, you remember the game Gauntlet? No. It's like an old school arcade game. Four players, you play as a fucking barbarian. Oh, and, yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And the yes. voiceover, don't shoot the food. It's, it's way too loud and it feels really like distorted in it's what oh it sounds God. like man i'm having flashbacks right <sighs> fucking what a fun fucking game that was it never ended that was the only problem with it there was no end to it dude if he i i think my sister bought it on ps2 and we would like try to like level up all the different characters and, and it never ended it's made to eat your quarters yeah yeah 100 percent Never ends. But I digress. Yeah, it's fun, it's fun stuff. I have a lot of good memories of, of Gauntlet. Uh, but I forgot it was called that. Yeah, it, I was almost second guessing it too. Was it but Gauntlet Legends? Uh, there, was, there was many of them. Okay. I think I played okay. Gauntlet 2 a lot. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, the song is fucking crazy. I mean, the drums are cool. I bet your, I bet your brother likes this album. I don't think he's heard it. And it, you know what? He he's a fucking asshole who would like he this. would. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> he he's actually not. probably would love it. Honestly, <laughs> I'm glad he's not on today. Although our listeners would love it, they love they love the wild card that is Robert. It's so funny, like how how soft spoken he is, and he is our wild card. He he's a maniac inside. Yeah, his taste is unlike any other. It's it's, it's but it also makes him makes him unique and, and, and intensely. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But Journal Way, I think uh, it has, I mean, it's this more the same. All the songs on here are very jammy and, and uh, almost free jazzy in, in a strange, noisy way. But uh, it has like this unsettling feel to it that I think is fine. Like I, I, I can take that. I can take that part of it. I can accept that part of it. I enjoy that part of it. It's unpleasant, but it is probably the, the closest thing uh, on this album that I like. And it goes... On the other hand, it takes like a fairly decent riff, runs it through 70 distortion pedals, and then <laughs> samples all over on top of it. Uh, but uh, Coexist is definitely the, the, the biggest offender because it's so long. But if it weren't for that, the title track... The title track, <laughs> I'm just like, it's already a perplexing album. And it's weird because the title track is arguably a real song, but it also may be live. Yeah, it's, it sounds live. Yeah. It sounds like club live. It doesn't sound like rehearsal space live. So I, I was like, did they, these fucking assholes record this live? Oh, man, that's- it just feels tacked on. Even an album this dedicated to creating chaos yeah. feels out of place still. Even that one... I mean, because at least the other ones are like song-like where mm-hmm. it's just, they're just jamming 
on one riff for a long time essentially but that one it's mostly just feedback and crazy drumming going nuts with no direction um and it is self-released and at first i was like really like these guys have like a good reputation like he couldn't go to amrap or i couldn't go to then I, then i heard I was like oh clearly like whoever was heard it and was like are you fucking kidding me? Absolutely not. Absolutely, we're not putting this out. Absolutely not. No, that's bullshit. Amrap put out like they put out some. That's what I'm saying. Amrap put out some absolute put, dog shit. Didn't they put out like the noisy experimental Melvin's albums? They, like Prick. They, uh, they put out Prick. They also put out stuff. I believe they put out uh, like the shit sandwich EP or seven inch, which was literally the Melvin's trolling record collectors. Yes. It's like noise in the, the B side. A side is shit sandwich. And the B side is you just took a bite. Um, so there's no, re- there's no reason this couldn't be, or it was that bad that even Amrap couldn't do it. <laughs> well, I, ch- I would call bullshit if I was in the band. I want to know what this album is and what they think about it and why, mm-hmm. uh, what the hell was the intention? Because uh, it, it truly is the most unexpected and craziest thing they've ever done. Because we attract psychos to this podcast, I'm sure someone listening knows. If you guys know, please comment. And yeah. please don't get mad that we don't like it. Yes. <laughs> I want to I just want to understand. Please, yes, please let us know the history. Or or God forbid someone from the band is listening. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> it keeps it's happening more it's, lately. It's, it's happening it's, more and more lately where the band members and it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I love you. Please don't forget that I love you. Just I don't love this album. <laughs> God damn. It, it's fucking wild though. It's like this is one of the more fascinating albums uh that we've covered in in recent Mm-hmm. in a recent time because I just don't understand how it happened or, that, why, that, or, or why yeah it's not even like oh it's so bad like how did you guys suck all of a sudden it's like no this is clearly an intent like deliberate yeah this is they went out to make an experimental record and <laughs> I, I want to know more mm-hmm. it's fucking wild I can't take but listening to it but there's I, a story to be told here with this yes. album fucking crazy shit uh, also in a in a, in a, in a very selfish way this was also a relievingly bad album because i didn't want to give anything else worst because i like all the other records so much that i heard this like oh thank god they actually have a bad record <laughs> oh we we might have we might have fought oh oh i know this, i know we would have fought That's i'm this glad this didn't exist we don't speak about <laughs> if this album didn't exist alex all right this band fucking rules <laughs> uh but yeah i i fucking yeah, check it out, dude. It's fucking wild. <laughs> Ooh, another one in the bank. In the bank. So, hell yes. Thank you so much for listening and watching and hanging out. If you're a fan of Hammerhead, that means we want to hang out with you and hang out with us. So, do that. Cool. Let's do a little recap. For me, a uh, personal favorite, Ethereal Killer. And there you go. For some, If you only like the classic stuff best new directions completely thrown thrown out of whack balance orbit orbit but in the best way possible and then worse least favorite excommunications who is why is gamora why is gamora yes uh for the one marvel nerd 
I, I knew the Gamora reference. I don't I don't know the context of it. I'll explain it to you after. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, best personal favorite, duh, the big city. Duh, I mean, because people like this one. If you're a fan of Hammerhead, this is probably the one that was uh, stuck out the most. Um, I mean, Into the Vortex is also strong too, but duh is... Uh, it's just got it got it's just embedded in my soul at this point. I love that album. Um, great riffs, great great production. Some of the fucking chunkiest, heaviest bass you'll ever hear. And then Worsley's favorite, excommunications, because I don't understand. <laughs> and also, it's very abrasive and very, very. And Michael, oof. that's coming from someone who loves abrasive music. I love abrasive with a purpose <laughs> that felt abrasive it felt like the purpose of that abrasiveness was to piss off the listener it felt like a mm. it felt very trolly uh i wonder if that was the that was the intention huh huh but this was fun i'm glad we did this uh thank you so much for listening and watching and hanging out leave some comments if you want to talk some shit uh leave your picks for best and worst if you want to play along some anecdotes about the band if you're an old timer we love the old timers uh I mean, I, I guess there will be a, a Spotify playlist. It'll only be uh, off two albums. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you. I guess it's just going to be the album. Those two albums. Fuck it. Just into the vortex and Evil no, no. It, it's it's just Evil Twin into the vortex. Yeah. So, uh, I I guess find those. They, and none of those. We didn't pick those for anything. Into the Vortex is in the fucking description. We'll listen to that there one. Go. Fucking goddamn. It's, it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. The rest you can find on Bandcamp. Uh, so please check those out. Um, where are my plugs? Where are my plugs? Yeah, find me on all social media at PanderMonkey and Alex on Instagram at Every Album Alex. Hell yeah. Follow our history guy, Tom Osmond, who did uh, dug up some dirt for us on this episode uh, at TomOsmondSounds.com, uh, as well as his Substack, TomOsmond.Substack.com. And while you're at it, check out his debut album, So Much for All in Day's Work, which you can find a link to in the description. Uh, and, while, and while you're at it, while you're at it, while you're at it, my debut EP, Pander Monkey, you can find that in the description as well. Uh, Patreon.com slash every album ever is our bread and butter where we do all the things that keep us fed. You get bonus episodes. You get to see our schedules in advance. You get to vote on polls to decide who we're covering next. Um, you get to join our community, join our discord and suggest our EAE singles episodes. And if you're tier two, then you can actually record record. You can actually request a full ass discography like hammerhead. I've been getting lots and lots of emails and comments about requests not happening you not gotta, unless you're on the patreon you gotta be in our little club it's the only way and there's also a thousand of those requests still lined up on the schedule so that's, that's the only way it's going to happen so thank you for doing that if you have already go there do that hell yes hell yes um i don't think i'm forgetting any other plugs that sounds about right yeah so i guess we wrapping it if we Man, there's, all you. there's so many songs I, I would love to hear. There is a, there's a Meanderthal. There's fucking, there's even, fuck, there's even, a, uh, this is yours. There's, there's so many things, but there's only one that I feel I need to, and that is Zooid. There it is. Hell yeah. So thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya.